Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Have you ever heard of orthorexia? This eating disorder starts with wonderful intentions to eat healthfully, but like all things, it can turn deadly if it becomes our sole focus. Spiritual orthorexia happens when we concentrate wholly on right living and can turn deadly if it becomes our sole focus. We're going to our friend's house for the Survivor finale tomorrow night, I told my youngest daughter. Do you want to come? Nah, she replied. I think I'll skip it this time. Really? I thought you loved Survivor finale parties. It's too loud. I'll just watch it online the day after. I looked suspiciously at our child. Ever since we'd started letting her watch Survivor at the age of 12, she had not missed an episode. Nor had she missed a finale party, especially when they happened at the Allens' house. Mostly because the Allens always went all out on the food and had desserts we didn't often eat at our home. For the past year, our daughter had started eating differently, though. First, she cut back on sweets. Not that we ate a lot of sweets in our family. And when we did eat them, we tried to make them healthy. Next, she decided to eat vegan. Once again, not a huge deal, because I only cooked vegetarian meals anyway. But lately, she seemed obsessed with right eating. She cut more and more food out of her diet in an attempt to achieve optimal health. Something new had happened the previous week, though, that I tucked into my little worry purse to mull over later. For the first time, she criticized someone else's food choice. And not just anyone, but me. Are you going to eat that? She said, pointing to the little Debbie's nutty bar in my hand. Yes, I answered, a little nonplussed that she had asked me about it. Have you read the ingredients? I try to avoid knowing just how bad my sins are for me, I joked as I bit into the crispy peanut butter-infused wafer covered in a thin layer of chocolate. If eating this is wrong, I don't want to be right. She dropped the conversation, but it surprised me. The most easygoing girl that I'd ever known had openly criticized a food choice I made. I wondered if her reluctance to go to the Survivor finale party had anything to do with her criticisms and her increased awareness of the nutritional values of food. Pedro and I talked about our daughter's new habits and thought she would outgrow her right-eating phase. But she didn't. Months later, she weighed 105 pounds and had the beginnings of osteoporosis. About the same time, I read a book on orthorexia nervosa. I'll leave a link in the show notes, which convinced me our daughter suffered from this cousin of anorexia. In her quest to eat healthfully, she had slipped over the edge of balanced and developed an unhealthy relationship with healthy food. She had gotten hold of a book, Skinny Bitch, a no-nonsense, tough love guide for savvy girls who want to stop eating crap and start looking fabulous, and thought she'd found the prescription for life. At 15, she didn't have the maturity to balance what she read with common sense. We sought professional help, but the road forward had many detours and rocky places. Her dive into orthorexia brought back memories of another teenager from a different generation. I went to a parochial school where most of the students and parents held conservative viewpoints on just about everything. 
One of my classmates, a thin, homely girl with glasses almost as thick as mine, seemed overly extreme. Rachel, I finally asked one day, why do you always wear dresses to school? Because my mom says pants are men's clothing, and the Bible tells us not to wear men's clothing. No way! I didn't believe her. I'd read most of the Bible, and couldn't remember a single verse that said, Thou shalt not wear pants. It's in Deuteronomy 22.5, she said with a grimace. Huh. I didn't have much else to say until I looked the verse up for myself, which I did over lunch break. After school, I saw Rachel and her sister hurrying out of the building. Hey, Rachel, I called out. She and her sister stopped and turned to face me. I read that verse in Deuteronomy. Ask your mom why your dad doesn't wear a robe. That Bible verse says women shouldn't wear men's clothing. But it must have a deeper meaning, because everyone wore robes back in Bible times. And if you have to wear a dress, your dad should have to wear a robe. Both Rachel and her sister laughed, then continued on their way. Maybe not my finest moment, but I felt angry on Rachel's behalf that her mom forced her to wear dresses. I don't know if she ever spoke to her mom, but when the new school year started, she came to school wearing pants, with the zipper neatly removed from the front and placed on the side. I wanted to roll my eyes, but I refrained, and I kept my mouth shut. What kind of parent took a verse from the Bible and tried to ruin their daughter's chances of fitting in with ridiculous dictates? My outrage increased when I discovered a strange fact about Rachel's mom. She dyed her hair. The hypocrisy made me seethe. Of course, in my immaturity, I never followed Jesus' advice for Matthew 18. I never had a conversation with Rachel's mom. Forty years later, I still struggle when I see people so caught up in right living they can't see the hypocrisy of their lives. After our experience with our daughter's orthorexia, I've started saying people obsessed with cherry-picking rules from the Bible suffer from spiritual orthorexia. I rewrote a list of warning signs of orthorexia from Timberline Knowles, an orthorexia treatment center, for people to assess their spiritual orthorexia. You may suffer from spiritual orthorexia if you find yourself spending an excessive amount of time reading supplementary material about the Bible, living an increasingly restrictive life, eliminating options or starting new habits based on biblical reasons. For example, eliminating pants from one's wardrobe or wearing a head covering in public, linking self-esteem with adherence to new biblical rules and restrictions, keeping strict adherence to some of the Bible, for example, a woman not wearing pants, but finding it difficult to love others, refusing to associate with others, or avoiding activities one once enjoyed because one can't enjoy them under the new restrictions, harboring a critical attitude towards others who don't find the same meaning in biblical mandates, criticizing others vocally for choices that don't align with the spiritual orthorexic interpretation of the Bible, feeling shame or guilt for any slip-up in the self-imposed restrictions, obsessing over more and more restrictions and ways to live in strict adherence to the Bible, having significant personality changes, becoming short-tempered, difficult to get along with, rigidly holding beliefs, exhibiting a lower tolerance for others' choices, stressing and losing of sleep over the sinfulness of the world. You know, disordered thinking can happen to anyone. Don't get me wrong, I don't think I live a perfect life, nor have I figured out everything in the Bible. If the Bible were a movie, it wouldn't get a G rating, 
it wouldn't even get a PG-13 rating. Since high school, I've met other people who feel women shouldn't wear dresses, or Christians should only listen to a certain kind of music, or you fill in the blank. In every case, the person has stopped relying on the Bible alone and allowed enticing book titles or persuasive preachers to convict them to make changes, maybe like our daughter. They lack the spiritual maturity to study on their own and test what others say against the book. Perhaps they failed to ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance as they read and studied. Maybe they thought they needed to reach a level of perfection in order to receive salvation. Whatever the case, they've started down the slippery slope to spiritual orthorexia, and they need help, just like our daughter needed help for her orthorexia. When one finds oneself, or a loved one, caught in the grip of disordered thinking, one may need help from a professional, a counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, in order to break free and learn new patterns of thinking. Orthorexia, whether caused by right living or by right eating, requires a care plan. So what does God want? As Christians, one of our spiritual goals should include self-assessment and self-awareness. At least once a year, we need to reflect on what God wants from us and question the motives of our own hearts. Read through the signs of spiritual orthorexia again. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And then remind yourself of these truths. Truth number one, God doesn't want our sacrifices. He wants our obedience. You can find that in 1 Samuel 15, 22. And what does God desire of us? He wants us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. You can find that in Micah 6, 8. God wants us to love him unconditionally and to love ourselves so we can love others. Matthew 22, 38 and 39. God wants us to become students of him not students of the law, Matthew twenty three twenty three, And salvation is not a reward for the good things we do, Ephesians 2, 9. Breaking habits and thought patterns requires concentrated effort. The evil one loves to ensnare us at our point of greatest vulnerability. To fall for his pranks means we're human. To recognize them, confess, and seek help to overcome them means we have a relationship with the divine. So don't forget, in order to increase your self-care, you need to watch out for warning signs of spiritual orthorexia. You can go to the show notes at anitaojeda.com and find a link to a complete list of the warning signs of spiritual orthorexia. And don't forget that God doesn't want our sacrifices. He wants us to do justly, love mercy, and have a humble walk with Him. He wants us to love Him unconditionally and to love ourselves so that we can then love others. He wants us to become students of Him, not students of the law. And salvation is not a reward for the good things we do. Come back next week when we continue to explore spirituality and I interview Michelle DeRusha, the author of True You, Letting Go of Your False Self to Uncover the Person God Created. She's also the author of 50 Women Every Christian Should Know, Learning from the Heroines of Faith, Katharina and Martin Luther, The Radical Marriage of a Runaway Nun and a Renegade Monk, and Spiritual Misfit, a Memoir of Uneasy Faith. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up 
and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.